Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So Pelosi, again, I mean, you want to talk about a person who just has some allergy to the truth. She never, she lies about lying about the lies she lied about and then lies about the lies she was lying about when she lied about those lies and then lies about lying about that. She never tells the truth. Stunning. I've got that. I've got the video to prove it. I've got really explosive information. This Flynn case is just blowing up. Remember, Mike Flynn, traitor. People will be eating those words big time now. But liberals eat their words often. All right, today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today. Get a VPN now. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Just lying around. Thought I'd take that off the yeah, lying bit. Yeah. Just lying yeah, around. Yeah, lying yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe, always good for... We, we need no, a, you no, know Dana was, has her corny joke segment on the five. We need a Joe Armacost corny joke. There's plenty of <laughs> You'd be them. perfect for that. I mean, maybe we can have you and Dana come on. We can do an interview oh, show. Be perfect. Oh. All right. <laughs> You're a character. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep is a quiz. Takes just two minutes to complete. Matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. For you. Not some mattress for Joe, Joey Bag of Donuts. You were a side sleeper like me, a hot yeah. sleeper, definitely me. You're like a plush or a firm bed with Helix. There's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. And CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. It is definitely the most comfortable mattress I have ever slept on. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress, which will give you the best sleep of your life. We have two in the house. I love it. I took the quiz. I was matched to a Helix Midnight Lux. The Midnight Lux is medium, firm, and designed for side sleepers. It's given me the best sleep of my life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. You will. You're going to love this mattress. Right now, Helix Sleep is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. That's a big savings. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Get up to $200 off your mattress order. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go. Ding, ding. All right, so Pelosi, who again cannot control herself, she just has a capacity for dishonesty, lying, fraudulent behavior. She's a serial fraudster, a generational fraudster. She's not the first one in her family, by the way, to be a serial liar. Um, Pelosi must, there's something about Pelosi and her allergy to the truth. She keeps perpetuating myths to exacerbate an already bad situation. Okay. We already know and have thoroughly debunked the nonsense that President Trump at a press conference told people to inject disinfectants. He did not. It was not the best no. worded statement ever. He was asking a question clearly, but he was not telling you to inject Lysol or inject disinfectants. No. If you're doing that, you are really stupid. I'm sorry. Do not do that. Do we really need to make this public service announcement? Now, here we go with Pelosi again, already thoroughly discredited. Just wanted to open up the show to show you what you're dealing with. A serial liar on the left who is in a powerful position who she cannot control herself. Here's Pelosi on MSNBC with uh, you know, one of the worst people in the business right now, Nicole Wallace, a total sellout in every respect, nodding her head, again, perpetuating the lie that President Trump told someone to inject Lysol, a totally made up fabricated Pelosi talking point. Check this out. Uh, so rather than spending time talking about the president's saying we should inject uh, Lysol in our lungs, uh, and he makes a big fuss about my having ice cream in my freezer. That's his latest today, his most current today. <laughs> she has Lysol in her freezer. Uh, I guess he'd rather have, uh, I have ice cream in my freezer. I guess that's better than having Lysol in somebody's lungs, as he is suggesting. You know, there is one. <laughs> what? Pos I, I know, I, I know, but there's, there's a positive takeaway from this. You know what it is, Joe? <laughs> One thing about Pelosi, and listen, Trump too, I mean, you know, to give kind of a fair analysis of the situation here, yeah. is Trump wears his emotions on his sleeve. He's a Queens guy. I'm mm -hmm. a Queens guy. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. I'll, maybe one of these days I go into the Queens thing again. Older listeners know what I'm talking about. But for now, Pelosi, though, 
wears her emotions on her sleeve too. And when she's attacked and it hurts, you'll see her. She she loses control quickly. Yeah. She's not some shrewd political tactician. She's a joke. She's an embarrassment to her entire Congress. That ice cream ad is decimating her. You yes. know the ad? We've seen it. Yes, The woman, yes. she's sitting there showing off her $24,000 freezer and all her ice cream while people are starving and aren't able to feed their kids and food lines right. are 60 and 70 car, cars, cars long in certain places. That one, it's crushing her. And the fact that she was on the wrong side of this issue from the start, trying to limit the president's ability to institute travel bans in late January by supporting the literally titled No Ban Act, not figuratively, literally titled No Ban Act, where she wanted to limit the president's ability to institute travel bans. One of them, by the way, the China travel ban, which saved lives. She was on it. She's going to say, I wasn't talking about that specific bill. You were talking about limiting the president's ability to institute travel bans. It's in your tweet. We've already shown it. She's humiliated that history will know she was on the wrong side of this, showing off her ice cream, limiting the president's ability to institute travel bans, while it may be travel bans, China and elsewhere, that may have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. She knows it. And she can't hide it anymore. She's wearing it on her sleeve. You can see it. And oh, Nicole yeah. Walsh, <laughs> oh, yeah. nodding in Child approval. Child reporter. Total yeah. fraud. <laughs> Total sellout. Total fraud. Oh, Total complete fraud. Nicole Wallace, a disgrace in every respect. Never a Republican pretended to be. Will cash a check from anyone. Anyone. MSNBC, political consulting, a total fraud. She's the same one who appears, by the way, later in the Jim Comey video, <laughs> yeah. nodding in like approval when Jim Comey talks about basically framing Mike Flynn. That's the sellout and the disgrace in Nicole Wallace's. An awful human being, as bad as Pelosi in every respect. All right, let's move on. I just wanted to show you how what a fake Pelosi is. Add it again with the Lysol nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, this Mike Flynn case is absolutely exploding. I mean, exploding. This is going to get very ugly. I described yesterday the operation to frame Mike Flynn. It's a little more extensive than I went into. But the parameters of it, one of the stories that gets lost in this is, I believe the Obama administration knew Mike Flynn was overseas. The long and short of it, as I discussed yesterday, just a quick uh, primer here on what happened. Mike Flynn was the incoming national security uh, uh advisor for president-elect Trump at the time. He takes a break from the long campaign. He goes on vacation in the Dominican in December when he, you know, he's, he's President Trump's still the president-elect. As he's overseas, the Obama administration kicks out these Russian diplomats, knowing full well the Russians, through Kislyak and the ambassador, are going to call the incoming national security advisor, Mike Flynn, to get a gauge of what's going on and how they're going to react. The United States government's listening in on this call. The call is leaked. The transcript of the call makes it to the FBI. The FBI goes and interviews Flynn at the White House about the call. When he gets one detail wrong because he doesn't remember the whole call, a lot of people wouldn't, they charge him with lying to the FBI. He was framed from the start. Now, that's what I discussed yesterday. To follow up with today's show, you will see as well the setup was more detailed than that. It's not just that they waited for him to leave to record his call. And you say, why'd they wait for him to leave? Because obviously he wasn't going to have access to his uh, secure comms and personal meetings while he was in the United States in the Dominican. It'd be easier to, uh, to, uh, to record his call and use it against him. But it wasn't just that. There were people in the DOJ who in the beginning, remember, keep in mind, Joe, they didn't know Flynn wasn't going to remember the whole call. Flynn, follow me. I don't want to confuse people here. All right. So Comey, and I'll play the video in a second, the former disgraced director of the FBI. Comey decides to send a couple of agents over the White House in violation of decades of protocol. There's a procedure for doing that, to send FBI agents to the White House right. to interview people. This is after the call in December. The call that's recorded happens in December when he's the incoming. All right. Flynn is now the seated national security advisor in the White House. They need to invent a crime. Now, I suppose in the back of their head, they always have this thing that, hey, Joe, if we interview him and he even missteps one bit on the call, we'll mm -hmm. say he lied about it. But they don't know he's going to lie because they haven't they haven't interviewed him yet. Right. Flynn may have some photographic memory and get every single detail right. Then they've got nothing. So they need a backup plan, too. The backup plan is going to be the Logan Act. 
the Logan Act, this ridiculous, unconstitutional nonsense would never stand up to scrutiny, never successfully prosecuted in the history of the United States. It says you basically can't conduct the business of the United States outside of the official United States diplomatic channels. It's 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 not this would never withstand court scrutiny. That's why no one's been successfully prosecuted ever. Forgot all about it. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Logan Act. That's right. Dennis yeah. Rodman would be in jail for North uh, Korea. Yeah. John Kerry would be in jail because yeah. of uh, his dealings with Syria. The Logan Act would never. Withstand. So they're making this thing up as they go along. So I suspect no, their target number one is going to be go send agents over, catch him by surprise, hopefully catch him in what a lie, which is really just him not remembering everything. And if you can't, we'll charge him with the Logan Act. Here's Comey again on tape with the hapless Nicole Wallace, who thinks this is great, by the way, basically admitting they set up and framed Mike Flynn in violation of official protocol for interviewing White House staff from the FBI. Check this out. I sent them. Um, um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration, <laughs> the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last mm-hmm. two years. <laughs> and in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough. Let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room, and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? Uh, I don't think he knew. I know we didn't tell him. Just said, we got a couple, sending over a couple of agents. I want to ask you some questions. I didn't have this conversation. My deputy director did. But hope, uh, hope you got a few minutes. You can sit down and talk to them. And he said, sure. What an unbelievable uh, yeah. dunce. Oh. I mean, oh. If, if you're going to, if you have the character of a jellyfish oh. and you have no spine and you're going to frame a decorated U.S. military official like Mike Flynn. Then you go on a panel with Nicole Wallace in front of an audience of clapping seal idiots who, oh. who think this is great. Yeah. That the most powerful federal law enforcement official in the country, James Comey, the director of the FBI, is admitting on tape to setting up and shock interviewing the incoming national security in violation protocol. He admitted to it. Don't take yeah. my word for yeah, it. Yeah. Rewind the tape and listen to him. And they're clapping like mm-hmm. a bunch of dunces. And a supposed media representative, Nicole Wallace, thinks this is just terrific. And notice what he said. Oh, and he lied. Except he didn't. Because the original 302 form, the FBI agents, Joe Pianca and mm-hmm. Peter Stroke, that interviewed Mike Flynn, the original summary of their interview said he didn't lie. So now you've got a real problem. You admit you broke protocol. You admit you sent agents over there in violation of protocol. He had no lawyer. Now you're claiming he lied, but the FBI forms are saying he didn't lie. We got a big problem. Now, here's where the case gets hairy. A lot of you understand that background, but we Uh need a little bit of that to understand where we are now. So Uh Mike Flynn initially hired the law firm of uh, Covington and Associates, uh, a disastrous hire for Mike Flynn, General Flynn. This law firm clearly, clearly, as Sidney Powell, his lawyer, is alleging now, did not serve him well. We now have a Sidney Powell's his lawyer, Lieutenant General Flynn's lawyer in this case, who she is a bulldog in this. Oh, yeah. She has filed a motion requesting, saying, hey, listen. I think our prior law firm, Covington, didn't really do a good job defending us. And they may have some documents about some things that we may need to see. So she filed a request with the judge saying, I think they're holding some stuff back. And of course, Joe, everybody, the libs and their media people were like, this is stall tactic, man. (laughs) Oh, was it? Because look at this filing in the Flynn case by Covington, his own law firm. 
Covington Joe has now re-executed the email collection and searches. In other words, trying to find stuff we should have given you before about your own case. And in doing so, we use different search terms, basically a manual of use to target documents in the client file. This effort yielded an additional set of approximately 6,800 documents and emails that were not produced during the client file transfer in July of 2019. Oh, Oh, so General Flynn's own law firm, Covington, Covington apparently has 6,800 new documents and emails they never gave to his own new lawyer, despite the fact that they were his original lawyers. It's me scratching my head. Yeah, look at that. Interesting how that happens. By the way, who works at Covington? Can we just show that photo, Covington? Oh. Who's a, a Covington? A, a who would be? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Eric H. Holder. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Eric H. Holder Jr., partner, Covington. He advises clients on complex investigations oh, yeah. to join the law firm after leaving the Obama administration. I'm, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. What if John Solomon in our interview show, John Solomon had this great line. Great investigative reporter. He said when he got to D.C. and started reporting on the inner workings of the swamp uh, years ago that a prominent uh, congressman or senator told him there are no coincidences in D.C. So Eric Holder's a partner at Covington. Now, fair enough, you may say to yourself, why hire Covington in the first place? Totally fair question. I don't disagree with you, and we shouldn't let that. It was probably, a re- not probably, it was clearly at this point a really awful decision. So just to set this up again, because this gets even more interesting. So now we know Sidney Powell's found out that their prior law firm clearly had some information they didn't want Mike Flynn to see, even though they were Mike Flynn's lawyers. We know they had a plan and a backup plan. Their plan was clearly to set them up with a Logan Act violation. How do we know that? Because the deputy attorney general, Sally Yates at the time, went to the now incoming, uh, or excuse me, Trump White House, spoke to people at the White House and told them, hey, we got a problem with Mike Flynn. He may have been negotiating with the Russians when you were incoming, and that's a Logan Act violation, knowing it's a joke and no one's ever been successfully charged with that ever. And their backup plan when they figured the Logan Act wasn't going to fly, Joe, was clearly, well, charge him with lying in an interview he didn't lie in. So now we have this FBI summary of the interview where they say he didn't lie, and it was suspiciously edited. Hmm. Nobody can seem to find the initial January 302 when he interviewed Flynn. They can only find edits, and one of them that appeared later in August was edited. What did that original one say? Oh, 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 yeah. Did the original one say, hey, we interviewed Mike Flynn at the White House and he didn't lie? Ooh, that could kind of be big trouble. No. This case, shockingly, gets even worse. The great Margot Cleveland, again, excited, uh, excited extensively in my upcoming book for her chapter on Stephen Soma, which is fantastic. You may be saying, Stephen Soma, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great chapter. You're going to love this new one. Let's go to this Margot Cleveland article about another little problem with the Eric Holder partnered Covington law firm that represented Mike Flynn. Robert Mueller's case against Michael Flynn is about to implode. Margot Cleveland, April 27, 2020. This will be in the show notes. Please read this one. It is a doozy. Bongino.com slash newsletter. That is my show notes. You can subscribe to our newsletter. Those, the show notes are attached to the newsletter. Risk will be there. Please, please read this. It's good. Here's another little abnormality, Joe. In addition to the near 7,000 missing documents Covington just magically found, crazy. Margot Cleveland writes this. Check this out from the piece. There's this little line that's heavily redacted in the court documents. It says, we have a lawyer's unofficial understanding that they are unlikely to charge Junior in light of the cooperation agreement. And it's redacted. Over. Hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that. So Cleveland writes, while alone, that reference may not have raised concerns of misconduct. The second excerpt suggests prosecutors sought to hide evidence from other defendants by keeping Mike Flynn Jr.'s deal a secret. 
Quote, the government, this is Sidney Powell, took pains to not uh, not to give a promise to defendant Flynn regarding Mike Jr. So as to limit how much of the benefit it would have to disclose as part of its Giglio disclosures to any defendant against whom Mike Flynn Sr. may one day testify Flynn's attorney wrote. Let me translate all that's a lot, but it's really not. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so abnormality one. All of a sudden, these missing emails are showing up. Gosh, we don't know where they were. We used the wrong search terms. <laughs> Golly. Now we find out that his own attorneys, the Eric Holder partnered Covington firm, that his own attorneys were hiding a side deal they made with the government, the side deal being this, that they wouldn't prosecute General Flynn's son, Mike Flynn Jr., if Flynn did X. Why? Oh, having been a former federal agent here for 12 years of my life, this made perfect sense to me from the start. The Giglio case means you have to disclose these things to other defendants. Why, Joe? Mm -hmm. If I'm getting someone to testify against you in a bank robbery case and to get them to testify... I make them a deal and say, I will reduce your sentence or I won't prosecute your family members if you testify against Joe. Mm-hmm. I have to disclose that to Joe's lawyers. Why? Because it's material. Because the jury needs to know it's not being done out of the kindness of my heart that I may have had an incentive to produce this right. information. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I may be lying to get out of jail too. Remember the Chris Rock thing about Juicy Small A? Because we knew you were lying. If you've seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about. You have to disclose that. Judge, Johnny's testifying against Armacost in the bank robbery, but we have a deal with Johnny that we're not going to prosecute Johnny's sister on the bank robbery if Johnny testifies. (laughs) That's not what happened here. Uh No, no, no. They cut a little side deal. The government. The government, same, our government prosecuting Mike Flynn, the same tyrants prosecuting him, cut a side deal with the Eric Holder partnered Covington and said, shh, we're not going to say anything about this deal yet because we may need Flynn to testify against others. Oh, oh, others. Who Whoa. could that be? Others? So you're trying to make Flynn. By promising him you won't prosecute his son, testifying against others, were those other Trump team people? Was it the turkey thing you were working on for a really long time? What was it exactly? But let's keep this little deal secret so we don't have to disclose to those other defendants and the court that we cut a deal with Flynn so it makes Flynn's testimony against others look even more legit. Ooh. Listen. Ouch. I spent 12 years locking people up in the federal system and another uh, two to three locking up people in the New York City Police Department. I'm telling you, in my experience in cases, and I have a lot of it, this is a huge deal. Giglio violations, Brady violations, these are enormously serious. They are, I'm not kidding. Our court system has been broken. A lot of this is one thing: Giglio violations and the failure to disclose this type of stuff is a career. It's a career ender, ladies and gentlemen. And if in violation of some oath can result in prosecutions, this is not a joke. These people, this law firm, is in a world of trouble. You cut a side deal with the government. You didn't tell the court about. So it would look like Flynn's testimony against other defendants was done out of the purity of his heart and not because he cut a deal or was going to cut a deal. <laughs> oh, man. You have no idea how bad this is. I hope that translation worked. Audience referee, Armacost, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that's what, easier than I thought that's it would that be. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. You can read it in Margot Cleveland's piece. That is really, really bad. And now we see why those redactions are so heavy. They don't want you to know that. All right, got a lot to cover. Uh, let me get to my second sponsor today. I got a video next. Um, I hate playing videos of me. You know I don't do it often, but when I do it, it matters. And it's, I'm only playing a video because I don't want to regurgitate what I said. 
But I was on Hannity last night and I have an important message for uh, Congress. So get that second. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Ladies and gentlemen, preparedness matters. We insure everything in our lives that matters. Everything. We insure our cars. We insure our health. You insure, you have dental insurance. We have eyeglass insurance. You have to insure your food supply. Insuring your food supply matters. Now is the time to do it. That's why we have our friends at My Patriot Supply. Listen, every day we are, we're witnessing the spread of coronavirus. We're seeing the spread of fear. A lot of it being sown by people who are driving us nuts out there. It's driving markets down and demand for basic necessities through the roof. According to My Patriot Supply, they have older customers with health conditions petrified to go out living off their emergency food supply. Others are under self-quarantine. Some just don't want to face the mob for a loaf of bread. Go to preparewithdan.com. Reserve your two or four week emergency food kit today. I'm not kidding. I don't mess with people and sponsors and stuff for the sake of effect. I just bought, what is that, four, Paula? Four, four-week supplies additional. I probably have about 10. Uh, I'm not kidding. I pay for them. I don't ask Patriot Supply for freebies. It matters that much to me. They're sitting in my closet in the next room. I kid you not. The meals include breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They last up to 25 years in storage, so you are prepared. Ladies and gentlemen, please ensure your food supply. It matters. It's the right and safe thing to do for you and your family. I have one, probably two or three, actually, for each member of my family. Patriot Supply has been a trusted partner for years, and they've been working around the clock to keep up with your orders. The current wait's now 8 to 12 weeks because the man has been 80 times normal. We have no idea how long this crisis will last, so it's important to be self-reliant. It's not too late. Go to preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com today. I trust my friends at My Patriot Supply. Pick up a supply of emergency food today. Thank you. Okay. So, you know, as I said, I'm not a huge fan of putting up clips of myself. It always seems kind of ridiculous. Like, hey, look at me. I was on Hannity last night because I can say just uh, the same yeah. thing over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I don't want to <laughs> say the same thing over again. Um, I want to say it as I said it last night. Just a little background before I play this clip. So Sean and, and I was on my regular Tuesday night appearance with Geraldo. I'm on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Hannity. So I encourage you to always please DVR it if you can. And Sean brought up that Steny Hoyer, a lead Democrat in the House of Representatives, one of Nancy Pelosi's lieutenants, has said, you know, well, they're not coming back to work in the Congress, Joe, because it may be dangerous. You, wait, wait, you're what? I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah. And although the segment was actually about something else, I, to Paula's chagrin, she doesn't like these segments, but too bad. This is the real me. This was me last night on Hannity about Congress sitting it out while all of us have to go back to work and get our jobs done and get our lives together. Check this out. Sean, can I mention one thing too? That story in the beginning about Steny Hoyer, get your ass to work. Are Bingo. you kidding me? You got the lady in Publix down the corner I go to who's been busting her ass 12 hours a day, seven days a week for what? 10 bucks an hour? Get your ass to work. Are you kidding me? You just spent $4 trillion. Ass up. Go to work. Are you kidding? Are these people for real? You're spending $4 trillion bankrupting the company and your wife. The woman but the in millionaires Publix is have going to, go to, work to work too. Get the your ass to work. You know, I wasn't kidding. Where I live, there's a Publix. You go out, you make a left, and it's not far down. The Publix is a supermarket in Florida. Those of you in the South know it. There's a woman in the Publix here that I saw. I don't know how old she was, 20, 18. She's there a lot. She's putting her butt on the line to get to work to keep America fed. As Paula said this morning, and she's Trump's working. Mm -hmm. The cops are working. The nurses are working. We're working. The Supreme Court's working. The sanitation guys outside just picked up the garbage here on Monday morning. The town administrator's working where I live. You're not working? So just to be clear, you have face masks. You just allocated, the Congress allocated to themselves. Did you miss it in the porculus bill? Tens of millions of dollars for enhanced safety mechanisms around the House of Representatives and work from home measures. And you're not, what'd you do with them? Would you pocket it? Get your ass to work. Get your ass to work. Take your ass, get it to work. Get your ass to work. It's a disgrace. Put your mask on, put your gloves on, do the social distancing in your office and get your ass to work, you disgraceful human beings. 
My Secret Service friends are at work every day, working long hours. The president's at work every day. Get your ass to work. Get to work. I am really trying to hold back my anger to keep this show family friendly. Get your ass to work now. This is a representative democracy. You're supposed to be leading from the front. You're not supposed to be sitting in the back of the line waiting for everybody else to get their job done. You cowardly frauds. Get to work. Get out of your ice cream freezer, Pelosi, and your your whatever. Jenny's ice cream or whatever your gourmet assortment of specialty ice creams in your $24,000 freezer. Get your butt and get to work. Freaking disgrace. You got to be kidding me. We're not going back to work. It's dangerous. The world is dangerous. Tell that to our soldiers aboard these confined uh, ships that they're on that are getting infected with this thing. You think they don't show up? Oh, we're not showing up. It's dangerous. Pathetic. Pathetic. You men and women there disgust me. Not all of you. I saw Jim Jordan this morning, good man on saying it's time to get back to work. But for the one, get your mask on, put your gloves on and go to work. Lazy bums, bums, lazy bums. But they're putting their lives at risk. So's everyone else who lives in America right now that's got to go to work. You just nearly bankrupted us. Maybe it's time to clean the mess up you created. Bums. Go to work. Pathetic. How in a country of 330 million people, seriously, we elected these 400 plus idiots is beyond me. Seriously, losing that race for Congress, both of them, was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm afraid I'd be contaminated by the, the stupid virus that these people all seem to be infected. We're not going to work. It's dangerous. Woman in Publix, 10 bucks an hour, putting herself in people's faces every day for 12-hour shifts. But no, no, Nancy Pelosi, you don't need to go to work. Sit with your ice cream in your, in your $24,000 freezer. All right, moving on. I got a lot to get through. As I said yesterday, I wanted to make sure I covered this story. As Joey says... Everything you need to know in an hour. I wanted to cover it yesterday, but yesterday was kind of a loaded show. John Roberts, Chief Justice of the United States, is just a total failure. Uh, a total failure. He is, I, I want, John Roberts, what do you mean, Dan? Wasn't he appointed by Bush? A total failure. He is going to go down as the worst GOP nominated Supreme Court justice in modern U.S. history. Now, you may say, what happened? I'll get to that in a second. He abandoned us again this week. And when I say abandoned us, I mean the Republic. I don't mean Republicans. Right. I want a judge who judges according to the Constitution, not according to what Republicans or Democrats say. Roberts doesn't understand the Constitution. He pretends to, but he doesn't. Remember John Roberts, he invents rights when it's politically expeditious for him. He's a politician now, Roberts. And then he ignores rights clearly delineated in the Constitution. He invents rights. What do you mean? Remember Obamacare? Oh, yeah. Obama is literally on tape and Obama's people about Obamacare saying that the individual mandate, in other words, if you didn't get insurance, you would mm -hmm. have to pay a penalty. Obama is literally on tape saying that that's not a tax. Right. I'm not kidding. In an interview with a major news network right before the election where it was unpopular to call it the Obamacare tax, he was asked, if you don't get Obamacare because of this individual mandate and you have to pay a penalty, isn't that a tax? It ain't a tax. It's not a tax. He, him and his people wrote it. In order to save Obama, because Roberts is a total phony, Roberts in the Obamacare Supreme Court case, where was right about to be thrown out, saved Obamacare by saying, no, no, it's really kind of a tax. Obama said himself it wasn't. Roberts says it is because he wanted to save Obamacare, which he did. A disaster of a judge. Disaster. Then we had, of course, the citizenship case on the census, where he admits that the citizenship question on the census which they wanted in there, Secretary uh, Ross wanted in there. Mm -hmm. He admits it was perfectly legal. He just didn't like the process. So he throws that out too. Why? 
because John Roberts is a politician. Right. He caters to the Washington Post and New York Times editorial page. And he's afraid because he's gutless. Oh, Dan, you're being harsh. It's true. He's terrified, John Roberts, of the Washington Post. Democracy dies in the darkness, Washington Post. They are the darkness. And the New York Times editorial page. He has no guts at all. They warned him, you better vote in our favor on this citizenship case. You better not throw out Obamacare. And he didn't because he's afraid. Because he's spineless. He's gutless. The single worst appointee we have seen in modern U.S. history. A disaster. Well, what happened now? Chief Justice Roberts at it again. Had the opportunity to read the Constitution. Remember that, Joe? Second Amendment thing. Remember that after uh, the First Amendment? Yeah. That whole right to bear arms right, shall right. not be yeah, infringed. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's only the Constitution. I mean, that Roberts, I, I know well, Roberts doesn't yeah, want to get into the details. The deeds, Joe, the deeds are too much shall not be infringed. I, yeah. I'm not going to read that. Right. Come on. The yeah. Constitution. Don't waste my time. I got other things to do. Crazy. I'm having a, a soiree with the Washington Post editorial writers. Come on. <laughs> Love it. That's his crowd. So, Long and short of it is, I'll this Wall Street Journal article up, which explains a lot of huh. it. The chief justice ducks on gun rights. The court majority cowers to Senate Democratic threats by the Wall Street Journal edit- editorial board. Listen, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, again, a, 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 an embarrassment to the court. When the Wall Street Journal editorial page, which, believe me, is right, if not center left sometimes on some issues, when they're telling you what a phony you are, it's bad, okay? <laughs> yeah. Really, Joe? I mean, you know, because I cite the Wall Street Journal because they're good on some issues, other things. I, But I respect what they do. When they're coming after you, what did he do? Well, New York State enacted this draconian, unquestionably unconstitutional gun law, basically saying you could not transfer your gun um, or from your house to like your second home or a range, even unloaded or unlocked in a car, which was never going to pass constitutional scrutiny. (laughs) people in New York state sued. It made it up to the Supreme court, New York state, knowing Joe, they were going to get crushed on this case that there was no chance in court. New York state says, no, no, we changed the law. You can carry it now to a range, but it has to be like a direct path. And it, why? Because they wanted, because they knew they were going to, they they figured their defense, New York state would be, no, no, you can't sue us on that old law anymore because it's no longer a law. We re, re, we re, re, reworded it, excuse me. Well, Alito, Clarence Thomas, and others who actually, you know, respect the Constitution, like John Roberts, the case still made it to the Supreme Court. We're like, no, 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 you don't get to like ex post facto change the law. There were already damages done. We're going to look at that law. Roberts said, nah, we're not. Why? Because the editorial pages scared little Johnny again because he's so afraid of this thing called the Constitution and he has no nerve. He has the spine of a jellyfish. They wrote, Dear Justice Roberts, the editorial pages and the Democrats, you better not, because they knew, by the way, this was going to be a big win for the Second Amendment. You better not hear this case. And of course, compliant little Johnny with his Snuggie and his Malamars had to comply from the Wall Street Journal piece. He was afraid. He was afraid. Listen to this. So after the Supreme Court accepted the case, the city, New York City, revised its ban to let the Plaintons tote their guns locked and unloaded directly between their residences and other permitted destinations. The state legislature passed a similar law. The case was moot, New York politicians declared. In other words, you can't sue us anymore. No more law. Mm -hmm. Well, hack wrote, I'm adding hack in there, of course. (laughs) Hack Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, a Democrat, and four other Democrats also weighed in with an amicus brief threatening the justices if they didn't follow their orders to drop the case. Here's Democrat hack Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. The Supreme Court is not well, the hack Democrats wrote. Perhaps the court can heal itself before the public demands it be restructured in order to reduce the influence of politics. Let me translate that for you. Hack, filthy Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, an unconstitutional loser uh, up there in Congress, basically said to the court and frightened little Johnny, who has no guts to stand up to him. He'll stand up to Trump at any moment because the Washington Post will love him. Chief Justice John Roberts, that is. But little Johnny read into that that, oh, my gosh, if we rule against them on the Second Amendment, Sheldon Whitehouse is going to attack us and threaten to restructure us. Oh, my gosh, I better follow their orders now. Roberts, an embarrassment. 
an embarrassment. Hat tip, by the way, to Dan Horowitz over at the, he's at RM Conservative, who has been writing about how dangerous this relying on the courts has been for years. Yeah, man. We'll never win in the courts, folks, ever. Ever. Because unfortunately, for every Thomas, there's a Justice Roberts. And by the way, Kavanaugh let us down on this too. Kavanaugh, who tried to play both sides, who I, I'll be honest with you, although what happened to him was a disgrace, I've never trusted Kavanaugh. And our worst fears about Kavanaugh and the Second Amendment are starting to come true too. We put our neck on the line for this guy. Apparently he can't read the Constitution either. The whole shall not be infringed thing. They, they have a serious reading comprehension problem. Gutless. All right, back to a lighter note, our media madness segment, which we have to cover every day to correct the bevy of media information out there that's wrong. You know, the Bongino rule is a classic. Give any anti-Trump story 24 to 72 hours, it will likely be rebuked, debunked, and discredited. So I was on the phone with Matt yesterday, who uh, runs uh, BonginoReport.com, which is our conservative alternative to the Hysteria Merchants at Drudge Report, a failed uh, disaster now. I mean, listen, they get a lot of traffic, no doubt. But the the website, the Drudge Report is a total mess. It's a disgrace. It's a 24-hour hysteria. But I was on the phone, Matt, and I was talking about the Politico piece that, you know, Trump owes millions to Bank of China. Retraction. Sorry, Trump doesn't owe millions to Bank of China. By the way, we didn't call Bank of China to ask. And I was saying, isn't it amazing? Like, if there was someone who's just like, hey, listen, I'm going to make a bet with you. And the bet is this. There's going to be severe consequences if you get this wrong. Is this media story about Trump, if it's from a lib media outlet, right or wrong? And you had like, the consequences were deadly if you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. If you bet the story's wrong, you will save your life nine <laughs> out of 10 times. They're almost <laughs> always wrong. The media can never get a story. Here is some knucklehead from Yahoo yesterday. You may have seen this. If you haven't, this is, this is a gem. So he's in the Oval Office and President Trump takes questions. And this Yahoo alleged journalist tries to confront Trump about the testing numbers from South Korea compared to the United States per capita. (laughs) Listen to this exchange. This is just terrific. Check this out. Mr. President, overall, South Korea has done five times more tests than the U.S. per capita. Why is that? I don't think that's true. That that is true. And you said this morning that the White House said the U.S. passes South Korea. We'll be looking at this. So to our Yahoo gentlemen, I just want to make it clear that um, South Korea's testing was 11 Per, per 100,000, and we're at 17 per 100,000. Right. So, are you going to apologize, Yahoo? That's why you're Yahoo, and nobody knows who that you are. Go ahead. Based on the numbers I've seen, that's That's why nobody knows who you are, including me. Go ahead. Just check it again. You ought to get your facts right before you make it. Well, we have had 14 facts are wrong. Let's go. Just to clarify what you were just talking Yahoo, W-H-O. What an idiot. Now, by the way, uh, to, uh, listen, uh, to be, yeah. again, we, despite our sarcasm and our general disdain <laughs> for media madness and hypocrisy, to his credit, the man's name, the alleged journalist is Hunter Walker. He did apologize openly on Twitter. So, okay, right. I get it. But again, I, you know, uh, we're, again, we're fair on the show and that is the right thing to do. I, I'm, I'm just saying, and I'm suggesting to you again, my experience with the media, I'm not kidding. I know you may take this as a, unnecessary, you know, hyperbolic insult. It's not. It's just my experience with the media is extensive. When you're a new agent in the Secret Service president's detail, they stick you with the press. You're the press guy because you can probably do the least amount of damage because you have the least amount of knowledge with the press. You're not around the president's close, right? You kind of got to, you know, figure your lay of the land first. You spend a lot of time around the press. A lot. A lot. I'm not kidding. As a candidate for office who has dealt with them and as an agent who has sat with them for eight hours at a time, days on end as a new agent, I'm not kidding. They are some of the dumbest people collectively I've ever met. I'm not joking with you. There are some very smart ones. Some I've been very impressed by. They are very rare. You give me a group of sanitation workers, plumbers, engineers, electricians, truck drivers. I'm not, that's not, a, I'm not trying to be like virtue signaling. I'm not kidding. Any day of the week over a journalist. Some of the stuff I heard them say was so dumb. You would never believe these people write articles in newspapers and people take them seriously. <laughs> I'll leave that there. All, All right. right. <laughs> I want to get to this red state piece again. Again, more fake news journalists. Ellen Nakashima, who's been on the wrong side of a number of stories, trying to push another fake narrative again. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my 
last sponsor today. Paula's favorite, Echelon. Folks, listen, a lot of people are working out from home now. Echelon is the way to go. Don't pay a ton. Visit echelonfit.com slash Dan today. This is Paula's favorite. We have some video, Paula, actually using Echelon. Across the country, we're staying home for greater, for the greater good. While we're all learning how to become homebodies with Echelon, it doesn't matter if you have to sit still. Choose from Echelon's lineup of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, and rowing machines. I just got one of the rowing machines. It is awesome. And the whole family can get a fun and challenging workout from the comfort and safety of your own home. In as little as 20 minutes, you can get in the best shape of your life and be active with the entire family. You crushed it last night. Now, this is this video, Paula. If you want to watch Paula crushing it on the Echelon bike, you can go to youtube.com slash Bongino and watch. But she was at it last night. That's not video of her last night. That was video we took a few weeks ago. But that's uh, in the bedroom there. She is absolutely mauling it on that bike. That's why she's in such good shape. Echelon's world-class instructors will motivate you with daily live and on-demand classes that are always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors... Echelon is affordable for everyone. Our EX1 connected fitness bike is less than half the price of a Peloton. Don't waste money. And with Echelon Finance, it's a great bike, by the way, a great bike. Easy to put together too. And with Echelon Financing, you could try us out risk-free for 30 days, zero down, and as little as $46 a month. So now you don't have to pay a ton for Peloton. Don't waste your money. Go to echelonfit.com slash Dan. Let me spell it out for you. E-C-H. E-L-O-N fit.com slash Dan. That's echelonfit.com slash Dan. E-C-H. E-L-O-N fit.com slash Dan. Go today. This is a terrific bike. The rowing machine is our new personal favorite in the house too. Paula loves the bike. The rowing machine's giving me some good trap and lat development. Echelonfit.com slash Dan. Go today. Really good bike. Don't waste your money on their competitors. Okay. Getting back to our media madness segment. Now, this is an important one because it continues to resurface. And when I say an important one, what do I mean? I mean an important narrative, media narrative. My, what I've told you from the start, my go-to has always been the liberal media is not telling you the story, the facts, what they're supposed to do. They're telling you a story, a fable, a myth, a fairy tale. Um, it's made up. It's fabricated. It's designed to hurt President Trump. But when I say a narrative, that narrative resurfaces in different forms. This one keeps creeping up again, and Red State has a terrific piece on it. Again, available in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. Again, subscribe to the newsletter. We'll send you these articles every single day. This keeps coming back. This Washington Post fake news story, no matter how many times we debunk it, it's totally discredited. Headline, Washington Post by Streif. Washington Post runs, excuse me, Red State. Washington Post runs a debunked conspiracy story for the sole purpose of trying to damage President Trump. It's the same one we talked about weeks ago. The narrative, again, the resurfacing overarching headline that's going to have subparagraphs for the media, a story they want to tell you is this. Trump dropped the ball on the coronavirus. Trump lied, people died. None of that's actually true. Right. It was Pelosi, Schiff, and them that were impeaching President Trump, stocking up her ice cream freezer and limiting the president's ability to ban travel while the president was actually banning travel from China and saving lives. The, the, none of this is actually true. But they will not let it go. And the storytellers at the Washington Post, the hacks over there, keep running with this story because they have a plan later. And I'll get to the plan in a minute. But let's go to screenshot one from this piece. What are they doing now? And how are they trying to rehash this? Trump lied about Corona. People died. Totally made up. They won't let it go. The Washington Post. Let's go to screen cap one here. So red state. The Post is trying to differentiate this particular version. They're talking about the story. Trump lied. People died of a multiply debunked lie by saying this. This is from the Washington Post. The frequency with which the coronavirus was mentioned in the presidential daily brief, it was mentioned, Joe, Trump dropped the ball, has not been previously reported. Oh my gosh. Ooh. And U.S. officials, you probably made up fake sources, said it reflected a level of attention comparable to periods when analysts have been tracking active terror threats, overseas conflicts, or other rapidly developing security issues. In other words, hmm. here we go. They're setting it up again. Despite the fact that two weeks ago I covered this story, the office of the ODNI, the office of the director of national intelligence, put out a conclusive statement saying this is not true. Your story about the president with these overwhelming warnings from the intel community about corona that he ignored is not true. They already put this out in a mm -hmm. rare rebuttal. The Post is at it again. Saying, Joe, not only was it mentioned, it was mentioned a lot. 
on par with active terror threat. Ignored it. Trump lied. People died. Here we go. Oh. And we're at it again. Oh. This gets better. Oh. Screenshot two from Red State. Again, no evidence. Oh. No examples of the warnings are produced. No count of the warnings given. Just a bald assertion that this was some serious mm, being oh. reported and Trump refused to act. That's the narrative. Right. The denial of the factual basis for the report by the ODNI, the Office of Director of National Intelligence, was relegated to this in paragraph nine. So all the way down in the Washington Post paragraph nine, we get this. The director of national intelligence is responsible for the presidential daily brief, by the way, where they're alleging all this information appeared in response to questions about the repeated mentions of the coronavirus. A DNI official said the detail of this is not true. The official declined to explain or elaborate. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rich Grinnell, who is now the acting head of the DNI, is the director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell has already tweeted to them at the Washington Post, this is a fake story. Mm. It's not there. The information you're claiming President Trump was briefed on is not there. You're making this up. But they keep going back to the well again and again and again. Why? Because they're softening the public up with body blows for a narrative. Trump lied, people died. And why would you need a narrative? You would need a narrative for a political attack coming very soon. And as always, who is the ringleader of dopey circus-like fake political attacks and fake news attacks against the president? Adam Schiff. Oh, look at this. The third excerpt from this excellent Red State piece. The only reason while the Post keeps recycling this dog of a story is this. Listen to this. This is the quote from the Washington Post. Now we see what's going on. You know, the Washington Post, they're just mouthpieces for the Democrats. The warnings conveyed in the PDB, which again, I'll add for the third time, the DNI said don't exist, probably will be a focus of any future investigation of the Trump administration's handling of the pandemic. Rep. Adam Schiff in early April called for the formation of an independent commission analogous to the 9-11 commission. There you go. Yeah. Again, Adam Schiff, who still to this day insists he has evidence of Russian collusion in a like in, in really he this guy needs some medication. No one has evidence of this, but it only exists in Schiff's head. The same guy who keeps insisting a quid pro quo that never happened. We have the actual transcript happen. He's he's at it again. He's at it again. No, no, the president was warned. People died. That's not in the brief. No, no, we said it was. So did Ellen Nakashima from the Washington Post. Oh, okay, then it must be true. Because huh. they've always been on the ball, the Washington Post, yeah. all these stories in the past. And they keep falling for this. By the way, the same Washington Post, the hapless Washington Post, this mouthpiece for the Democrats, who should be really forced to do an FEC filing for an in-kind donation to the Democrat Party, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. Let me just put up some headlines from the Washington Post when they're claiming Trump didn't know what was going on and didn't have a good grasp of the coronavirus. This is the same Washington Post. Put up these headlines. Washington Post, democracy dies in the darkness. Past epidemics prove fighting coronavirus with travel bans is a mistake. <laughs> Here's another one. Get a grip, America. The flu is much bigger, a much bigger threat than the coronavirus for now. This is the Washington Post. Ellen Nakashima, maybe you should write an article about your own newspaper. And their failure to grasp the depth, the width, and the height of the coronavirus threat. While Trump was instituting the travel bans, you were attacking. Ladies and gentlemen, these people are total, complete, frauds. And I'm telling you from experience, they live in an intellectual vacuum. Some of the things, I wish I could remember a specific, there's so many of them, they get lost of things they said when I was a young agent, where I looked at them and was like, are you for real? Are you like from this? Keep in mind, I wasn't even that political back then. It's decades ago. And I was like, these are some of the dumbest people I have ever seen. All right. Some good news. <laughs> okay. 
Foxnews.com. Check this out up in the show notes. We need some good news because we're not going to do Drudge Report 24-hour history. We're all going to die. Suck it up, Drudge. Seriously. Take the hat off, the goofy-looking hat with your nonsense. They sold the site inside. I don't care. Then come out and make a statement. God bless. Maybe he's afraid. Of, what are you afraid of Drudge for? Dopey website with a coding from the 1940s. Looks like a DOS system or something. They're using smartware from the Commodore 64. Drudge. Read Drudge. I'm telling you, they, they think we're all going to like, tomorrow morning is going to be like a mass extermination if you read Drudge. Here's some good news, which you'll find at our website, BonginoReport.com, where you can be sane and read the news of the day. Fox News, Frank Miles. Pfizer, coronavirus vaccine can be ready by this fall for emergency ruse. Good. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Pfizer, a publicly traded company, I'm sure they wouldn't be putting this out there if they didn't have at least some inkling that this could happen. We'll see. They also indicate in the piece that not only could they have an, a vaccine for emergency use in the fall, we'll see. We will see. We do facts here. Nothing on the reg. We don't have it yet. But they also said, Joe, quote, it could be a broader rollout by the end of the year. Hmm. That's huge news, folks. Yeah. Huge. We need this right now. My problem with the lockdowns from the start was there was never an exit plan. These lockdowns, which were supposed to flatten the curve and give our hospitals breathing room to accept new corona patients, that's not the plan anymore. You have people like Andrew Cuomo now talking about r knots and getting them below. Well, that's not what was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be an effort to flatten the curve. Now that the curve has been flattened, no one has an exit plan for this. We'll open it when, when what? There's zero new infections? Because that's not an exit plan. That's fantasy land. Let's hope we can get this vaccine soon. Okay, let me just fit this story in last. It's a good one by John Solomon, whose new website, justthenews.com, is really good. I've been using this stuff a lot. Again, a story up in the show notes. Another just tactical nuke dropped here. But again, no one's going to pay attention because it's about Spygate. And of course, the Democrats and their liberal media acolytes don't want to talk about any of that. So we find out now Christopher Steele, who had to give some depositions over in the United Kingdom, reveals he believes Hillary Clinton and Susan Rice knew about his anti-Trump research. Ooh. You may say, well, Dan, I don't get it. What's the breaking news? Forget the Hillary Clinton stuff. We knew she knew it, but she paid for it. Mm -hmm. Susan Rice knew about it, too. Remember, in this entire case, this entire time, we haven't been able to make a direct connection to the Obama White House. Susan Rice was Barack Obama's national security advisor. She may have known about this the whole time. That's not hard to understand, folks. We don't need a Nunes translator or anything else. What did Obama know? And when did he know it? So Steele is implying that Susan Rice may have known about this entire spying scandal on the Trump team. And you don't think Obama knew too? Let's go to this screenshot from the piece. So the lawyers asked whether Talbot opened the door in October. I'll translate this for you. They're talking to Steele. The lawyers are asking Steele. Who's Talbot? It's Strobe Talbot, who is Bill Clinton's uh, a former State Department official in the Bill Clinton administration. Steele says, I think Strobe Talbot had gotten in touch with us much earlier than that, Steele answered. I remember taking a phone call from him, your lordship, earlier in the summer in which he said that he was aware that I had spoke, that he spoke in fairly cryptic terms, but he was aware that we had material relevance to the U.S. election. He says, he goes on, both National Security Advisor at the time, Susan Rice, and Victoria Nuland, who were key policymakers on Russia, had been colleagues of Mr. Talbot. And I had, although he didn't state it explicitly, one or either both of them had briefed him on the work we had been doing. So Susan Rice, Obama's right-hand woman on this. Steele suggesting knew about this the whole time. Again, how has that not? I'm, I'm, it's not a story. Now you may say, what does Talbot have to do? This gets even better. Showing you again in the subject of my next book, follow the money. These people all know each other. Follow the money. Follow. They all know each other, and they all have something to hide. The Spygate conspirators all know each other, and they all have something to hide. Who was Strobe Talbot? So Steele saying, I spoke to Talbot, and Talbot was pushing me to meet with Victoria Newland. Strobe Talbot was Bill Clinton, a former big shot in Bill Clinton's State Department. Strobe Talbot has a brother-in-law, follow me, a guy by the name of Cody Shear. 
a known Clinton hatchet man who works with Sidney Blumenthal, Sid Vicious, a noted Clinton hatchet man. Strobe Talbot, the old Clinton uh, State Department guy, who's connecting Steele with the State Department under the Obama administration to give the information about Donald Trump, is the brother-in-law to a Clinton hatchet man, Cody Shear, who, by the way, if you remember correctly, Cody Shear produced his own dossier that seemed awfully a lot like Christopher Steele's dossier. Strobe Talbot, who clearly knows the Clintons, connects Steele to Victoria Nuland, who used to be Strobe Talbot when he was working in the Clinton administration. Victoria Nuland used to be his chief of staff. So a Clinton hatchet man known for digging up dirt on Clinton's opponents. He loves Clinton, a guy by the name of Cody Shear. His brother-in-law, Strobe Talbot, was Bill Clinton's big shot in the State Department. Strobe Talbot then connects Christopher Steele, who's working for Clinton, to dig up fake information on Trump, to Victoria Nuland in the Obama State Department, who used to be Strobe Talbot's chief of staff. So Christopher Steele can relay the information, the same information that Clinton's hatchet man, Cody Shear was doing to the State Department? And Steele's alleging that Susan Rice knew about this or may have known about this? Again, another huge story that no one in the media will touch. Read the story. It'll be up in the show notes today. All right, we got through a lot. I had one more story. I'll get to it tomorrow, hopefully about uh, YouTube. But this is the... the, the the, the Soviet tech tyrants are just ridiculous. They're completely entirely out of control, and it's really starting to upset me right now. So I don't want to, I don't want to give that. Uh, I don't want to shortcut that story. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can use YouTube to spread the right information and the facts in contrast to their efforts to silence us and conservatives. YouTube.com/slash Bongino. YouTube.com/slash Bongino. We really appreciate. It. Also, subscribe to my audio show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks a lot. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.